0: Good morning Church family and a Happy New Year once again. I recently saw this meme that was talking about how many people will say Omo meaning Happy New Year every time they see you until mid-year. So Sintel and Betty, allow me to wish you a Happy New Year once again. We are so glad that you could join us. I'm so grateful. That even though we are unable to meet for our in-person services, technology has actually allowed us to continue having church online, which means that church can never be cancelled. How amazing is that? Let me encourage you with this verse in Isaiah 43 verse 19. As we step into this year, I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. So behold, church family, God is doing something new. Now we're going to head into a time of worship and we're going to sing one song. Enjoy.
1: He brought me in Jesus' name.
0: this morning, I'd like us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verses 10 to 11 and it reads as follows. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts for those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. What an encouraging verse. This verse reminds us that ultimately God is the one who provides us with the seed to sow. He is the one who provides both the seed for the bread And the bread itself. In other words, God makes the giver, you and I, capable of giving. The seed in our context is is in the form of various resources that you and I have. But it is up to us how and where we sow that seed. And then this is what the verse continues to say it says, Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. that the harvest of your generosity will grow you know our god is marked with so much generosity and he's not asking of us something that is foreign to him he gave willingly and he gave willingly first and then we get to give because he graciously gave to us so as you give today i would like to remind you That this is not just money that you and I part with. It's not just finances. It's actually bigger than that. It is sowing a seed. And not just in your life, but in someone's life. It's loving your neighbor. It's practically sharing the gospel. It's accepting the offer to partake in making a difference. Your giving has a huge impact in the life of the church. And having said that, we would like to extend our heartfelt gratitude for your faithful giving in 2020. Difficult as the year has been, we were able to meet all our financial needs. And this is because you decided to be faithful in your giving. So thank you. And as you give this morning, may you be blessed as you continue to be a blessing.
2: Good morning. So good to be able to bring God's word to you uh, this morning. And right now uh, is 2021 and we had so much high hopes for 2021. But things seem to be turning on us. You know, when you look at the news, so many things that are happening by so many accounts, it looks like our world is burning. There's so much confusion. Uh, people have no hopes. You know, there is so many questions. There's so few answers. This is the situation that we are living in. I was encouraged when I found a similar time in scripture where the people were looking at a similar bleak outlook. You know, there was so much confusion. There was the city that they were living in was burning, although figuratively, but it was burning. And people had lots of despair in their hearts and in their minds. People had high hopes that things would have turned out differently they had dreams of how things were supposed to be but their hopes and their dreams were dashed to pieces when things turned out differently similar to how we also had high hopes for this year and now that we are here and that the year is here we realize just how 2021 sounds a little bit like 2021 and so we are faced with prospects that this year might just be as difficult or even more difficult than last year. And in today's passage of Scripture, one thing changed everything for the people in the Bible. And that same thing has the same power and potential to change everything for us. And so I would like to preach a message under the title, Where is Your Hope? And so we are going to focus on a portion of Scripture that is known as the road to a mouse. And so, if you have your Bible, kindly turn with me to the gospel according to Luke. We're going to be focusing in chapter 24 from verse 13 to verse 35. And so, it's a significant portion of scripture, but we'll go through it and we'll make some comments. And so, as you are turning there, this is a bit of the background and the context within which we find this passage. On Friday, which was just three days prior to our passage that we're going to be focusing on today. It was the Jewish Feast of Passover. And normally, the city of Jerusalem packs with visitors during the Feast of Passover and during many other feasts in the year, as so many other Jews that are living in other parts of the world come and visit, come and celebrate the the feasts in Jerusalem. So there's lots of travelers, there's lots of people that are traveling to come and to celebrate the feasts that are happening in Jerusalem. And some believe that the population of the city during those feasts could get to as high as three times the normal population of the people that are living in Jerusalem. This is just because of the people that are coming in, that are flooding into the city to celebrate. And so this... This is the context. This is what was happening. There were lots of visitors, lots of people that had traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of Passover that had happened just three days prior. And as we find out, our passage takes place on the third day after Jesus' crucifixion. So Jesus got crucified on Friday on the Passover. And this passage takes place just three days after that, which would be a Sunday. And so early in the morning of this same day, some women had gone to embalm Jesus' body in the tomb because on Friday things got so busy they never got the opportunity to do that. So, on, so this day, uh, which is Sunday morning, they got up very early in the morning to go into and to embalm his body for burial. And then they found that he was not there. And they found, they say, they come back and they give the report that some angels met them and told them that Jesus had risen from the dead. You know, and back in those days, because they were women, no one believed them. And so two other disciples who were male went to check it out, to see it for themselves, and they found it just as Uh, what the women had told them, the body of Jesus was not there. They also met, you know, the angels that told them that Jesus had been risen. But this was very difficult for them to to believe. This was very difficult, you know, because they had seen him being crucified. And they had spent the whole of Saturday, you know, really coming to terms with the reality of their master and their teacher getting crucified and dying. And so we pick it up on verse 13 in chapter 24. And this is what... It says it says that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about 7 miles from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all the things that had that had happened while they were talking and discussing together Jesus himself drew near and went with them But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these last days? And Jesus said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed, And word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hopes that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, O oh, foolish ones. So this is Jesus responding. He's responding to them. He says, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly at that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying the lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon when they told uh, sorry then they told what had happened on the road and how he had uh, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread Very amazing portion of scripture, but before we go any further, let us just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you open our eyes, that you open the eyes of our spirit, that you open the ears of our spirit, that we can hear and understand what you are speaking into our lives so so that we may also be able to see you as you really are. We pray that you use this word to do your work in us, to transform us, to grow us, to mature us, to make us the people that you want us to be so that all honor and all glory may go to your name now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So as I, as I said, this is a very interesting and fascinating portion of scriptures. And so during this weekend, so this was the Passover weekend, during this weekend, there were lots of broken dreams and shattered hopes in Jerusalem because Jesus had been crucified. There were so many people that were looking up to him. There were so many people that had high hopes for him. And we are told that two of his disciples were leaving the city to a nearby village of Emmaus. Perhaps, I think, they had even given up hope of anything that could still happen in terms of the development. Jesus, you know, uh, finding out that something had happened. You know, perhaps there was something they did not see or something was still going to change. And I think now that they even know that it is now that third day. They had even given up hope that anything was still going to happen. You know, they were beginning to accept that, hey, you know, maybe maybe this is all this situation comes down to. And Perhaps they were going back home to their village of Emmaus, you know, having given up and really thinking that the the, the movement of Jesus had, had had come to an end even before it began, you know, because so many people in Israel, so many people that were following Jesus, had such high hopes for the Jesus movement. And you must remember that the Israelites around this time were under the reign of the Romans, so the Roman Empire was was over them. You know, they were they were under the Roman Empire during this time. And so there were so many people that thought that when the Messiah comes, the one who is promised, what he will do is he will set them free from the Roman Empire. That he will uh, liberate them, you know, and give them back their independence by, you know, becoming like a king, like King David, and really, you know, becoming a warrior and setting them free using violence, using uh, you know, using those kinds of methods, uh, physical methods to liberate them and and to set them free. These are the hopes that the Israelites had for Jesus. When they saw the miracles that he did, they thought, surely this is the man who is going to liberate us. And by now, Jesus had been killed by the Romans because their Jewish religious leaders handed him over to be crucified. And at this moment, it appears as if the movement had failed even before it even started. It looks like the mission of Jesus had failed, had come to nothing. You know, all the hopes that they had are now broken and shattered in pieces because Jesus has been crucified. And so, this is the situation that is happening at this particular moment. And one of the things that happened, which is interesting to note, is that there had been so many other wannabe messiahs that had risen up in Israel before Jesus. So many people that said, I am he. I am the one who's going to liberate you. I am the promised messiah. I am the prophet who is going to set you free. And they used violence, they used military conquest to try and to liberate Israel from the Roman rule. And so many of, in fact, All of them, their movement had come to an end when the leader was put to death. When the leader died, the movement came to nothing. And perhaps they were thinking that... The disciples of Jesus were beginning to think that this looks like Jesus was also another one of those wannabe messiahs. That Jesus, you know, was just one of those that were trying to do a good thing. But hey, now he's dead. And this is why the, the Cleopas says in verse 21, he says, But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Our hopes was that He was the promised one. He was the one who was going to set us. He was going to lead us to our independence. And so, someone put it this way: He said, "The road to Emmaus is littered with shattered hopes and broken dreams and broken promises. All the promises that the Israelites had had now been shattered, and they are going to Emmaus, discussing with one another all the things that had taken place. And it's almost like we, like us, you know, this year we had so much high hopes for 2021." that 2021 was going to be finally the year where we return to normal, the year where we are rid of the coronavirus, the year where we are beginning to live like we used to in the past. You know, we had such high hopes for this year, but none of it was to be, none of it was to happen. And now we are sitting with disappointment. We are sitting, discouraged. We are sitting as we are realizing and recognizing that this year is just a little bit like the year that was. Although we still have hopes in our hearts that something is going to happen, But the reality and the outlook is very bleak at the moment. And to make it worse, he said, so Cleopas says, and to make it worse, it is now the third day since these things happened. These things happened three days ago. You know, it's almost as if he's saying we were waiting the whole day yesterday that something was going to happen, that we were going to see something that we had missed, that some magic trick was going to happen, or the Lord was just going to come back somehow. But hey, now he is dead. It is now the third day after these things have happened. And I was thinking that the reason that we get disappointed in life is because our hopes are not in alignment with reality. And I think it was a similar situation with these disciples, that their hopes were not in alignment with the reality of Jesus' life and mission. That is why they got disappointed. They had such high hopes for him, and his reality looked like something different. That is why. They were so discouraged. They were so disappointed as they were uh, dealing with the situation and the reality of his passing. They wanted Jesus to be the Messiah they had envisioned him to be. And it looks like he was not that Messiah. And I'm thinking now that there's so many of us as Jesus followers who follow Jesus not for Jesus but for ourselves. We follow Jesus not because of Jesus, but we follow Jesus because of what we want him to be. We don't follow him because of who he is. We follow him because of our hopes and our dreams, of what he of what we want him to be and what we want him to do for us in our lives. This is the reason they were disappointed and this is the reason we are so we're sometimes disappointed in jesus in christianity It's because the hopes that we had do not match up with reality the hopes that we had you know are not fulfilled and this is the reason that we get to a place where we find ourselves also very uh, disappointed in jesus or even in christianity so their hopes in him i believe did not align with god's hopes for him their hopes for jesus for who Jesus would be, for the things that Jesus would do did not align with God's hope for who Jesus is and who Jesus was going to be and the things that Jesus was going to do. And I think even right now in so many churches, you know, as as believers, there are so many of us that follow Jesus because of what we want Jesus to do for us. We want Jesus, you know, uh, to bless us. We want Jesus to keep us heavy. We say things like, even though we might not verbalize them, but we say things like, I will follow Jesus just as long as he keeps me happy, just as long as he, he blesses my life, just as long as he prospers me, just as long as he gives me a nice house and a nice car. I will be loyal to him. I will be good to him just as long as he makes sure that nothing bad ever happens to my life. And these people are happy when God blesses them. But they become angry with God when he blesses someone that they do not like, someone that they are enemies with. And that's the thing, isn't it? That we want a God that we can control. And how is that different to idolatry? I think that this is the idolatry of our times. We want a God that we have created in our minds. We want a God that we can control. We want a God who will keep us happy, who will do the things that we want him to do for us, who will serve us. Who will keep us perpetually happy? That is the God that we are, that we want, but that is not the God of the Scriptures. And it's interesting because once you get into this kind of thinking, that you get to a place where you want a God that you can control. And I was just remembering a situation where Jesus rebukes Peter, and it's very interesting when you look at the rebuke itself because it sheds some light into why Jesus rebuked Peter. So this is the the instance where. Jesus has uh, just asked them, who do people say that I am? And they say, you know, some say this, some say that. And he says, who do you say that I am? And, they, and Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, answered and said, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus uh, commands him and he says, you know, flesh and blood did not teach you this. It is the Father in heaven who has given you this revelation. And then shortly after that, Jesus talks about how he's going to suffer, how he's going to die, you know, how he's going to be handed over and be crucified. And Peter, this is what it says in in Matthew chapter 16, verse 22 to 23. It says, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. And this is the part that is telling. Jesus says, For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. In another uh, translation, I like it, it says, For you do not have in your mind or in your heart the concerns of God, but but only the concerns of man. You are not concerned with the things of God. And it's interesting because I think there's so many of us in churches, even right now, we follow Jesus not because of who Jesus is, but we follow him because of who we want him to be. We follow him because of the things that we want from him. And you and I have to follow Jesus because we recognize who he is. We need to follow Jesus because we recognize that he is indeed the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he is the Lamb of God who was given by God for the sins of many. This is the reason that we are supposed to follow Jesus, not because of who we hope Jesus is or what we want to receive from him. And so Jesus responds to the, to the two disciples along the way. So, th- what has happened is now the, the disciples, uh, Cleopas, gives him the, the history of the events that had happened. And he tells him all of the things that had happened in the past couple of days. You know? And then Jesus responds here. He responds by giving them the greatest sermon that was never recorded imagine, you know, Jesus himself, the author of all of creation, the one whom the very scriptures are about, he begins to preach to them. It says beginning from Moses, beginning from the beginning, and throughout all the process, the the prophets, sorry, throughout all the prophets, he began to interpret to them all the scriptures, what they say concerning him. What did he say? What kind of sermon was this? And I'm just wondering, you know, that this was probably the person That was never recorded, you know. But he begins to explain to them the scriptures from the beginning that it was indeed necessary for the Christ to suffer because he was not, and it had already been prophesied for hundreds of years before, the kind of king he would be that he would not be the conquering king, you know, through violence, through power, through the military, and all of those things, but he would be the one who conquers through suffering, he would be the one who gives his life for the ransom for for, for the sins of many so that he could save the world, you know, and, and 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 create the situation where the sins of the world are forgiven. So these were the prophets. So these are the things that he took them through. And the Bible says that they, they got to their destination. They got to the village. And Jesus was obviously continuing because, you know, he found them along the way. And they are the ones who asked him. They said, please stay with us. You know, it is, la- it is late. You know, it is going to become dark. It is the evening. Please stay with us. And he agreed to stay with them. And this is where the unimaginable happened. This is where this moment took place. It says that as they were sitting around the table, as they were uh, about to enjoy supper together, that Jesus took the bread That he blessed it and then he broke it and then he divided it amongst them. I don't know. It must have been something that Jesus said or maybe something that he did. But it was at this moment that the thing that changed everything happened. It was at this moment that they realized the thing that would change everything. I don't know, maybe as he was passing the bread, they saw the the marks of the nails on his palms or on his hands. Or maybe it was how he blessed the food that reminded him. And it says that their eyes were opened and they realized that Jesus was not dead, that Jesus had been raised from the dead, that Jesus was alive. And this is the thing that changed everything. This is the reality, the fact, the truth. That changes everything. And I'm not sure if we realize the implications of Jesus being alive would mean for you and I. If you go to John chapter 14, verse 9, this was before Jesus got uh, crucified. This is what he said to his disciples. He said, yet a little while and the world will not see me no more. Or the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. This is just one of the implications of Jesus being alive. It means because Jesus is alive, we also will live we also will get the chance and the opportunity to live if we are aligned to him, if we are found in him. It doesn't matter what happens. You see, it it, it really doesn't matter too much what kind of year 2021 becomes. It doesn't matter whether our hopes for this year are met or not. It doesn't really matter if I even get that job or not. It doesn't matter, you know, whether I am in perfect health or not because Jesus is alive. This is the one reality, the one truth that changes everything in our lives. Paul put it this way. If you go to the book of First of Corinthians chapter 15, if you read from verse 16 to verse 22, Paul said it this way. He says, For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. uh, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished if the dead are not raised. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who had fallen asleep, for as by one man or as by Amen came death, by A amen also comes uh, come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Listen, as believers our hope is not in the stock market. Our hope is not in the job market. Our hope is not in the idea of democracy. Our hope is not in perfect health and staying young forever. Our hope is not in the government or even the scientists. Our hope is found in the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the Lord died, but he did not remain dead. That the Lord rose again on the third day, just as he had said that he would. And because he is alive, we also shall live. It doesn't matter what happens in this life. It doesn't matter whether we die physically, but if we are in him, then we will live because he is the one who lives. He conquered death. That Death no longer has the final say in our lives. You see, if the dead are not raised, then nothing else matters, Paul says. But if the dead are raised, then nothing else matters more. If the dead are not raised, nothing else matters in in, in our lives. You know, all of our faith, all of our believing, all of our preaching even, is futile. It means nothing. But if the dead are raised, then nothing matters more. Nothing matters more than this reality. And we know that the dead indeed are raised because Christ was raised from the dead. And this is what I want us to do this year as we enter into 20, 2021. Into this year that we had so much hopes for but is beginning to disappoint us now. But this is what I want us to do. I want us to know that we can make a decision right from the beginning. Right now we can make a decision that regardless of what happens this year that we are going to live through it all. That we are going to thrive through it all. I want us this year to really confuse the enemy. I want him as he tries everything that. He can this year to put our faith under. I want us to go through everything with a smile on our faces and a song in our hearts. Because Christ lives, we also shall live. I'm reminded of that song. That because He lives, then I can face tomorrow. Jesus Christ being alive changes everything. And so it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries. It doesn't matter whether we lose a job. It doesn't matter whether we get sick or not. It doesn't matter what happens in our physical life. Because he lives, we also shall live. And because he lives, this too shall pass. Even death is not the final destination for us. Because he lives, we shall live. Our hope is in Christ. And Christ alone, and in the fact that He rose from the dead, it's not just you know to have a smooth sailing kind of life here on earth. It's not even that uh, we—it's not even that we may you know live long and live lives that are free of all the difficulties of this life. Our hope is in Christ Jesus. Our hope is in the fact that He rose from the dead. Our hope is in the fact that His tomb is empty because He lives. We also shall live and i would like to ask you this question as i conclude where is your hope Where is your hope as you begin 2021? What are you hoping on? Have you placed your faith on things that will disappoint you? Have you placed your hope on things that are temporary or things that are material, things that will end? Have you aligned your hope to the truth of God's word? Or is your hope maybe just a little bit more than wishful thinking? You're just wishing that things are going to become better. Listen, friend, Jesus is alive. And these three words are the words that change everything. If you, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have placed your faith in the, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though you may die, even though life may get difficult, even though so many other things can happen, but we know that because he lives, we also shall live. Interesting, if in, in, in John Uh, In John chapter 11, Jesus is talking to Martha. Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus had just died. And Martha comes to Jesus and and she says, if you had been here, then uh, my brother would still be alive. If you had been here, he would not not have died. Jesus responds to Martha and says this. It says, "Um, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, Yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die, Do you believe this? Do you believe this reality? Do you believe this truth? That even if you may die physically, even if things may get difficult, even if coronavirus might come, even if 2020 might happen, even if a global pandemic may may take place wherever you are, do you believe that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though you may die, you will live? And that if you live and believe in him, you shall never die. Because he is the one that provides life that is eternal. He is the one that provides life that extends from this life to the next. He is the one who is able to keep us alive. If you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what happens externally. It doesn't matter what happens around you. But because he lives... You also can live. And I would like to invite you. Maybe you have never taken this step. You have never placed your faith in the person and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand this, that you can take this step right here, right now, right where you are. You know, you do not need to go somewhere else. You do not need to do something. You do not need to pay any money. You can take this step even right now. You need to understand that. That Jesus, when he died upon the cross, that he was dying for your sins. That when he was raised from the dead, he was being raised and resurrected for your salvation. And the only condition that exists, the only thing that you need to do is to accept what God has done for you, is to place your faith, which basically means you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and live according to how he wants you to live. You need to repent of your old way of sins, which means turn away from the life that you were living and live the life that God wants you to live and live a life in faith based on what Jesus has done for you. And as I conclude, you know, I just want to give you this question because I think maybe there's so many of us, or there's a few of us that are going through a difficult time right now. We are mourning perhaps the the loss of a loved one. We are not in a good space at this particular moment. And I believe that this passage of scripture that we read can also give you hope because these disciples were also grieving. They were also mourning the passing of a loved one, of a person that they loved, of of a person that they had followed for so long. And so so the interesting thing that I thought about is why was it that Jesus did not enable them to recognize him from the beginning if the Bible says when he met them when he joined them along the way they were not able to recognize him their eyes were kept from recognizing him and the question is why and as I began to think about it I think it's possibly that because Jesus wanted to share in their grief that Jesus wanted to walk through with them through their pain that Jesus wanted to be present with them in the, in the difficult moments of their lives as they were thinking about everything that had happened, as they were thinking about the, 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 um, what that means for their lives, that Jesus wanted to be there with them personally and, and physically with them in their pain. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, this is where Jesus says this. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Listen to me. Jesus wants to have fellowship with you, wants to live inside of you, wants to have a relationship with you, wants to eat with you, even through the most difficult moments of our lives. There is no situation that Jesus will not have anything to offer you in. There's no situation that you'll find yourself in where Jesus says, I do not know what to do with this. You know, Jesus wants to go with you, wants to journey with you through the difficult moments. That you may be going through right now as you are are mourning, as you are questioning, as you are uh, feeling sad, feeling the anger, feeling the hopelessness, feeling all the feelings and the emotions that, that accompany grief. He wants to be with you. Every step of the way, open the door of your heart. Allow him to come in. Allow him to be with you. Allow him to sit with you in all the stages, in all the difficulty, in the entire journey of you grieving and mourning and coming to terms with with what has just happened. This is, you know, the Lord God himself, the creator of all things. He knows everything that you are going through and he wants to take you through what you are going through right now. Let us pray and just close the service by thanking the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that um, that you want to come into even the most difficult moments in our lives, that you want to be with us, that you want to have fellowship with us, that you want to carry us through the questioning, through the the, the emotions, through the, the the hopelessness, the hopelessness, through everything that we are going through as we are mourning, as we are grieving the loss of loved ones. We pray Father God for each and every person who is going through that difficult time right now that you may comfort them. You are the one who comforts the broken hearted, that you may comfort them even as they are going through the difficult time, that you may strengthen them, that you may cause them to be able to stand, Father God, and to continue to stand, to continue to stand upon your word upon their faith that they have placed upon you pray father god that you may take them across safely to the other side where they'll be able father god to continue to live to continue to praise you to continue to live the life that you want them to live pray for everyone else father god that you may help that, that you may help us to be able to see you and to recognize you Father God, give us that ability to be able to recognize you even in the most difficult moments of our lives. And we pray as we venture into 2021 that you help us to always remember that our hope is not in anything else but the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ, that our hope is on a a sure foundation, that our hope will never disappoint us, that our hope will never lead us to shame. We thank you so much, Lord God. Help us to be able, Father, to go into this year with so much much encouragement, with so much faith, with so much boldness, with so much hope in our hearts, Father God, because we know, regardless of what happens this year, that because you live, we also shall live we thank you lord we honor you we lift your name up now and forevermore amen amen god bless you enjoy the rest of your day
0: unfortunately we have come to the end of our service what an encouraging message from pastor Mondley. we hope that this message has encouraged you to stay hopeful regardless of what this year has in store for us Because the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. So let us be hopeful. Let us be hopeful going into the week and into the year as a whole. Please note very importantly, our in-person services have been suspended until further notice. See you next Sunday for our online service. And have a blessed week ahead. Okay, let's redo that. <clears throat> we have unfortunately come to the end of our service what an encouraging message from Pastor Mondling. we hope that this message has encouraged you to stay hopeful regardless of what this year has in store for us because the tomb is empty Jesus is alive so let us be hopeful let us be hopeful going into the week and the year as a whole please note very importantly our in-person services have been suspended until further notice so see you next week for our online service and have a blessed week ahead